Good morning. It's so great to have you here today. Good to see you all. Glad that um, you're ready for another one of our wonderful lessons. We're on lesson number seven today, and we're talking about implementing habits that connect. The last three weeks, really, this is the, the third week that we've been talking about some of these habits, and Lorene alluded to them, that help us connect with each other in friendship. They are good for first-time involvement with a person, just meeting a person for the first time. But even beyond, way beyond that, these are the same things that we try to nurture in our lives as we deepen in our friendships. Two weeks ago, we talked about the habit of reaching out, the importance of reaching out and how we reach out to each other in our friendships with our words, words of encouragement, words of affirmation. We also reach out to each other in actions, serving each other, ministering to each other, helping each other, little kindnesses, different ways that we reach out to each other in our actions. And then we try to follow the example of Jesus Christ and how he loved unconditionally, how he was willing to forgive, and how he was totally committed to the Father's plan and purpose for his life. So we have that that we're trying to work into our lives, these reaching out things that help us connect. Then last week, Cheryl talked about the importance of building hope into each other and how we can do that. And that's another thing that helps us connect with one another. Today, we're looking at listening. This is a new subject for us, but I think it's very important. In fact, if I were to do a survey in this room today and ask you to give the five top qualities that you would desire in a friend, I would guess that one of the top two or three would be someone who listens. Is that important to you? Someone who listens, someone who hears you? I think so. A good listener would probably be at the top of the list near the top of the list, because we need people to listen to us. That's what really makes us feel connected, and also that people care. And so we learn to share stories, we talk about what's happening in our lives, we share perhaps hopes and dreams, maybe talking about God's faithfulness to us and our gratefulness for the ways that he is present with us. Lots of great things that we enjoy sharing together. Sometimes we share things that aren't so pleasant. We need somebody to share our heartaches and our concerns and our pain with. This is another way that we listen to each other. A woman who is a, a writer and a poet, Maya Angelou, has said the most called upon prerequisite of a friend is an accessible ear. So from her perspective, one of the very most important things in a friendship is listening, being able to hear each other and being willing to listen to each other. So the question is, what kind of a listener are you? Now, how many of you think you're a pretty good listener? I can't see real well with the lights, but I think most of us probably think that we're good listeners, don't we? Yeah, you know, we have a lot of people talking to us, a lot of people talking to us day in and day out, all day long, it seems like, and we think we're pretty good listeners. I certainly did, thought I was a great listener. Well, I had kind of a wake-up call a couple of months ago. I was in a class, actually, and the person who was leading the class had been sharing some things, and then he said that he was going to sh show a brief DVD. And he encouraged us to watch the DVD, and at the end of it, we'd, we'd discuss it. So he played this DVD, and it was quite short, I don't recall, maybe five, seven minutes, something like that. And after he showed it, he said, okay, he said, now you've seen the DVD, what's your response? And I thought, uh, I don't have a response. I didn't hear a word that was said. Now this was in a room like this one, 
that had a big screen in the front and the DVD was being played on the screen. The sound was up good. I could hear it, no problem. I just flat was not listening. I really wasn't paying attention. I had something else in my hand that I was letting distract me, but I really didn't know what had happened. And that was kind of a wake-up call for me. And knowing that this lesson was coming up, I had to ask myself, okay, what kind of a listener am I really? Do I do this? I had seen that I certainly had done this with this video, but do I do this with the people in my life? Do I sometimes just absolutely tune them out? Am I so distracted by whatever it is that I'm doing that I don't hear my husband or my children or my grandchildren or a friend or a neighbor? Is that a possibility? Well, I think it is. And so this was kind of a wake-up call for me, the importance of looking at what kind of a listener I really am. Well, the Bible has actually quite a bit to say about listening, especially about listening to God. In Way back in the Old Testament, in Deuteronomy chapter 5, Moses is talking to the people of Israel. In fact, he's gathered them all together. They've come out of Egypt They've wandered in the wilderness for 40 years. They are now ready to go into the promised land. And in, Gen in, excuse me, in Deuteronomy 5.1, he says to them, he summons them together, and he says to them, hear. And you'll notice that this metaphor for listening, for hearing, is very common in Scripture. So he said, hear, Israel, the decrees and laws I declare in your hearing today. Learn them and be sure to follow them. So he's saying right up front, we need to pay attention. And the idea behind hearing in the Hebrew word is not just the physical aspect of ha having the words go in your mind and hear them. It has the idea of understanding, of accepting, of in fact putting into practice. And so that's why he says, learn the things that I'm declaring, God's laws, God's decrees, God's word. Hear them, learn them, and be sure to follow them. So that is always the prerequisite, that we not just physically hear them, but that we do something with them, that we learn them, that we put them into practice. Then as we come into the New Testament, we see that Jesus had something to say about this as well. He's talking to his disciples and he says, those who accept my commandments and obey them are the ones who love me. Now, isn't that interesting? Again, he puts accepting, which would be hearing, understanding, believing. Those who accept my commandments and obey them are the ones who love me. In other words, they're the ones who are truly my followers. And because they love me, my Father will love them. And I will love them and reveal myself to each of them. So here we are in both the Old Testament and the New Testament we see that this metaphor of hearing and obeying God is what identifies a person as being his follower. And it also goes on to tell us in many places that there are great benefits that come from following God and his ways. Many years ago now, I read a book and did a study by Henry Blackaby, which was entitled Experiencing God. Some of you have undoubtedly done it. It's been around for a long time, but a great, great study. And one of the things that he says in the study that has been very helpful to me, and I have continued to remember this and even to pray over it, the first thing he said is, we need to know when God is speaking to us. Now, there are many voices out there, right? Our own voice from our own self-talk. We have our own ideas about things. And then all the people in our sphere of influence. 
There are lots of voices out there, but he says we need to recognize when it's God who is speaking to us. Then we need to know what he is saying. Again, lots of thoughts out there, lots of people saying things. What is God specifically saying to me? And then thirdly, how does he want me to response? to respond to this? What is my response supposed to be? So first and foremost, we need to listen to God and his word. That is foundational for everything else. We need to listen to God. And there's great benefit promised for listening to God and following his ways. Now I want us to think a little bit about what some of the benefits of good listening really are. There are other passages in scripture that tell us about some of the benefits of listening. And one of the books in the Old Testament that has quite a bit to say about listening is the book of Proverbs. Proverbs is part of what we refer to as wisdom literature or poetry. And much of the book of Proverbs is comprised of couplets that contain wise sayings. They're really observations from life that are generally true. And we're going to look at several of them as we see some of the benefits and some of the importance of listening good listening. But I had to think that Proverbs are not unique to the Old Testament. We use a lot of Proverbs today. They are, again, these kind of truisms, these wise sayings that are generally true. And I thought for the fun of it, I'd Google it and see what I could come up with. And I found a website that was titled 50 Common Proverbs. So I looked at it, and sure enough, there were 50 of them. And virtually all of them were very common. There were only a couple that I hadn't heard of before. But things like, two heads are better than one. Actions speak louder than words. A watched pot never boils. Better late than never. Don't judge a book by its cover. Now, we've heard all of these things, right? These are proverbs. This is the idea of what a proverb really is. And this is what the book of Proverbs in the Old Testament is going to give us some illustrations of how listening really is beneficial to us. All right, the first thing that I want us to look at is from verse 5 of chapter 1 of Proverbs, which is very early in the book, and it says, let the wise listen, again the metaphor, let the wise listen and add to their learning, and let the discerning get guidance. Now, it's interesting to me that who he says is willing to listen and add to learning. Who is willing to listen and add to their learning? The wise, right? Now, isn't that interesting? You think, well, the wise already know everything. They don't need to listen. They don't need to learn. Oh, yes. The wiser you are, the more you realize that you have new things to learn. And so he says, let the discerning get guidance. So if you feel that you're wise and discerning, we need to... Be a learner for the rest of our lives, always looking for new things to learn. Proverbs 9.9 is perhaps my favorite proverb on this subject. It says, instruct the wise and they will be wiser still. Teach the righteous and they will add to their learning. So if you think you're on the path to wisdom, if you think you've learned a few things, great, stay on the path. Stay on the path. The wise are willing to be instructed because that is what makes them wiser still. How they get wise in the first place? Because they listened, because they learned, right? And that's how we continue to learn and to be wise. A couple of months ago now, I was involved in a seminar that was for the teachers of adults in our church. 
and the seminar was on connecting in our communication. And we were talking largely to teachers and how we connect when we communicate. And there were several things that uh, we looked at. One of the things were the fact that there are three different components in communication. First of all, there are our actual spoken words. Then there is the use of our voice, the tone, the inflection, the volume. And then finally, there is body language and facial expressions. Now, I read three different books, three different resources as I was preparing for this. And this particular information was given in all three of the books. Now, what I found interesting was not so much the fact that there were these three components, but that they actually gave them a value, a percentage value of how effective they were in the communication process. Now, having been a teacher for over 50 years, I thought that the, that the actual words I spoke were the most important. Would you agree with that? Anybody think that one? Sure, it's the words. It's, it's what we're saying. That's what's really important. But what these resources told us that only 7% of our communication comes through the actual words that we say. Then we had the use of our voice, the tone, the inflection, the volume. This was 38%. And when you put these two together, it's 45%. So less than half of our communication is accomplished in the words we speak and how we speak them. 55% comes from body language or facial expressions. Now, this was really a shock to me. I did not expect it to be that prominent that the body language and the facial expressions were really the most important thing. But what I think this shows me is we need to learn with our eyes as well as our ears. The things that we hear, that we listen to physically with our ears, account for no more than 45% of what's communicated. Most of what we get is through our vision. We, a lot of us are visual learners. I am a visual learner. I, read by, I learn by reading, by watching, by observing. And many of you are visual learners as well. And so we need to listen with not only our ears, but we need to listen with our eyes. Okay, let's think about what some of these benefits are now to good listening and how we need to listen to them with both our eyes and our ears. The first one was, and I didn't mention this, I'm sorry, but the first benefit was it is the source of learning and guidance. When we listen, that's how we learn, and our guidance comes as we listen and learn and are, are guided. All right, the second one is from Proverbs 18. Proverbs 18.13 says, To answer before listening, that is folly and shame. Anybody attest to this? <laughs> ever done something without listening? Ever, ever answer or make a statement or make a judgment without really listening, without really knowing what was going on? That leads to folly and shame. Then verse 15, he goes on to say, The heart of the discerning requires knowledge. For the ears of the wise seek it out. Here again, the wise are willing to seek out more learning. And it keeps us from foolish actions. How many times have you said something or done something because you didn't have all the information and thought, oh, why in the world did I do that? This is what good listening does. It helps us. It warns us against acting foolishly. Is that important? 
I'd say that's very important. All right, the next one that we want to look at is from Proverbs 12, verse 15. Fools think their own way is right, but the wise listen to others. That's the NLT. The NIV says, but the wise listen to advice. All right, fools think their own way is right. Anybody think their own way is right? Ah, ha, ha. This one kind of stabs you right, right in the heart, doesn't it? Don't we all tend to think that our way is right? Now, to be rigid and not think, not move beyond my own attitudes, my own thoughts, is obviously very foolish. And so listening, the wise listen to others, the wise listen to advice. Listening helps us correct our wrong thinking. And we all have wrong thinking, don't we? We all have areas in which we are totally skewed in our thinking, but we don't recognize it. And that's why we need other voices out there to give us another perspective to help us correct wrong thinking. Now we're going to move to the New Testament, the book of James. James was the half-brother of Jesus, one of the early leaders of the church in Jerusalem after Jesus' death. And he says in James chapter 1, My dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry, because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. Now, there's an awful lot of truth packed into this little, these little verses. He says that we should be quick to listen, slow to speak. I don't know about you, but I usually turn them around. I'm quick to speak and slow to listen. But James warns us that we need to listen first, to know the information first, before we respond, before we speak, and slow to become angry. For me, anger has been a problem through much of my life. And I tend to erupt. If something doesn't go the way I want it to, I tend to just erupt, thinking that I'm going to calm it down and make things work right again. But that doesn't work, and that's what this verse warns us, that our anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. It's just the opposite. It does just the opposite. It makes things worse. So he warns us to use our listening, to listen quickly and well, and to speak slowly, and certainly slow to become angry. So listening well, again, protects us against angry words. It keeps us from erupting with just an angry retort, which is something that I have had to do throughout all of my life. All right, the last one that we're going to look at from James 1 on a little bit further in the passage it says, do not merely listen, again, to the word, and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Now, this word, by the way, is scripture, referring to God's word, to scripture. And we are to listen to it, to do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in a mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. But whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they have heard, but doing it, they will be blessed in what they do. Now, there's an awful lot in this, pair, this little passage, but I want us to pull it apart and look at three very important principles. First of all, he says, listening without acting leads to self-deception. Isn't that interesting? He says, don't just listen because you'll deceive yourselves. You need to do what it says. So if I know the truth, if I know what I should be doing from God's word, if I know what his 
purpose in a situation is, and I don't do it, it says, I have deceived myself. Now, we've all been deceived. Being deceived by another person is bad enough, but when we deceive ourselves, that is really bad. And that's what he warns us against, that if we know the truth and don't act on it, we are deceiving ourselves. We are self-deceived. All right, a second thing. If we listen without acting, we forget what we need to do differently. Now, this is that metaphor of the mirror, which is a very interesting one. He says, if you look in a mirror and you see something that needs to be changed and don't do it, you'll walk away and forget about it. Now, most women don't do that. When we look in the mirror and see something that needs to be changed, we usually make that the priority and do it. But there are times when, for whatever reason, we don't. And he says, how foolish. You look at yourself. Now, this is, of course, a metaphor for God's Word. You look at God's Word, you see, oh my goodness, there's something really out of place there. I need to work on that. But don't do anything about it. I just kind of walk away. That, he says, is foolish. That is foolish because you, for, you will forget. Now, if I, at my age, if I don't do something, the instant I remember it or write it down, it's gone. And it may or may not come back. And that's really the metaphor that's being given to us. That if we don't act on the things that we see, when we listen and hear and don't act on it, we become satisfied. We become satisfied with the, with the status quo and we just move on. We do not make a change. How difficult and how foolish this is for us. And there's no benefit gained when we do that. Then the last thing that we see is that listening plus acting leads to blessing. Blessing in all that we do. The last verse of that passage says, but whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they have heard, but doing it, they will be blessed in what they do. So this is the thing that we need to be motivated to do. To not only listen, but to put into practice the things that God is showing us, and then we will be blessed in what we do. All right, let's recap these five things. Five benefits of good listening. Source of learning and guidance. We become wise and we learn when we're willing to listen with our eyes and with our ears. We are warned against foolish actions. We are corrected from our wrong thinking. It helps us from erupting in angry words, and it brings blessing when it's put into practice. Any of these things attractive to you? Wouldn't you love to have these things be true of you? I certainly would. They are benefits of listening, benefits of hearing, benefits of listening. Okay, the last thing that I want us to look at this morning is the fact that we need to listen to each other. God has given us people in our lives as instruments of instruction. All those verses in, Pro excuse me, in Proverbs that talk about how the wise listens and learns. We often learn and listen to other people and learn truth from them. So we want to think about how listening to each other is really part of this learning curve. And what, I, what occurred to me as I was working through this in preparation for this, something I really hadn't thought about before, is that there's really reciprocal application. When two committed friends share and learn and listen to each other, it's reciprocal. We should strive to be a voice of wisdom in each other's lives. That's one of the reasons that we have friends in our lives, is so that we can reciprocate and learn from each other. 
we can bring our perspective and share instruction and balance into another person's life. So first of all, being a voice of wisdom to our friend. There are times when you will be the one that will share things to provide new learning, new thinking, and wisdom for your friend. So I had to think about that. All right, what does that look like? When I am listening to a friend, how does that allow me to give her guidance? Does, how does that allow me to warn her about something that could be foolish, to correct her wrong thinking, to keep her from becoming angry, to see the blessing for acting, from the blessing for acting on what really is wise advice. So we have the opportunity to take these five benefits of listening and to share them in practical ways, in meaningful ways, to the people in our lives. But the good news is it works both ways. We also need people in our lives with other perspectives who can bring instruction and balance to us and then listen to, to what they say. So how does that look? How has listening to a friend given me guidance, given you guidance? How has it warned you or me against a foolish action? How has it corrected our, our wrong thinking? How has it kept me from becoming angry? That's one I needed. And how has it brought me blessing for acting on wise advice? So this is really a reciprocal thing. There are times when we minister from these listening opportunities to share things with, with a friend that we have concern about. And then there are times when we receive back from her the things that we need to hear because that's how we gain in wisdom. The more we hear, the more we listen, the more we understand of God's truth and put it into practice, the greater the blessing. Okay, what makes you a better listener? Let's talk practically. What makes us a better listener? I think there are a number of things, some listening tools perhaps, or techniques that we can use. And I want us to think through just three of them. There could be dozens of these, but I just want us to think about three of them. The first one is asking insightful questions. We need to learn to ask good questions. And when we ask good questions, that helps us understand our friend, perhaps her concerns or her needs, her feelings, where she's coming from. We need to understand what she's thinking and how she's perhaps struggling. On the other hand, we need to ask good questions to be able to celebrate well with our friends. And that's certainly an important part of friendship. We need to be able to ask good questions to really be involved in their lives in a meaningful way. We also need to in ask insightful questions in order to be a good sounding board. We all need people in our lives that we can bounce things off of. And sometimes we don't do that unless we're asked a question that helps us look at things from a different perspective. And to help a friend make a choice. Many times when we're trying to make a choice, we want somebody to kind of talk it through with. We want them to understand and to help us make good decisions. And so be a sounding board. That's one of the things that comes out of asking good questions. We then become a sounding board for our friend to be able to understand. You know, 
We can have our own self-thinking, our own uh, self-talk, as we call it, and when we're just kind of there by ourselves and just kind of ruminating over things in our mind, we don't really get that challenge to think about other opportunities or other possibilities. It's when somebody else comes in and asks the good question that you change your perspective, you broaden your perspective, and think a little bit more about what's really going on. So we can be a good sounding board and asking questions is part of that. Then we also can offer a different perspective that may lead to positive change. We all get kind of focused down in our thinking, in our attitudes, in our motives, and if we don't move beyond that, we don't always make good choices. And so this is an opportunity through asking good questions that we can help offer a different perspective so that our friend will think of things in a different perspective and that can lead to positive change. All right, a second thing that we can do to help each other. First of all, we can pray for wisdom. I know we need to do this all the time. If you have a friend that's struggling and is really wanting to share things with you and learn from you, by all means, ask for wisdom. James 1.5 says that if we ask for wisdom, that God will gladly give it to us. So this is something we always need to do is to ask God for his wisdom because that's what's going to help in the situation anyway. So pray for wisdom and also for an opportunity to listen. Many times it requires time and it may even require privacy to, he to hear your friend out. And so we need to look for an opportunity that will be a good opportunity that we can share with each other and help the friend in need. And then the third one, we need to learn to listen well before speaking to a friend's need. And that goes back to James 1.19. We need to be quick to listen. We need to be slow to speak rather than the other, the opposite, which is my tendency. We need to be quick to listen. Listen well before we listen, before we speak to a friend's need. We've all had the opportunity probably of having somebody speak to us without understanding a situation. And it was hurtful, wasn't it? If they criticized or uh, just tore us apart over something that really they didn't understand the whole picture at all. That's very, very painful. So we need to make sure that we listen well before we speak to a friend's need. All right, what kind of a listener are you? Are you a focused listener? Are you attentive? Are you engaged? Are you really interested in their life and what's going on and the possibility of being there for them if they need it? On the other hand, maybe you're easily distracted like I was that day. Maybe you're really uninterested, just don't really care, and your body language says, I really would rather not be here, but uh, here we are. Just, just for the fun of it, here we are. Wouldn't really like to be here. That's what our body language can say, right? And 55% of our communication comes from our body language. So this week, I would encourage you, like I'm encouraging me, to pay attention to how well you listen. Since I had that experience a couple months ago, I've, I've been trying to uh, be a lot more aware of what I really am as a listener and the changes that I need to work on. So I would encourage you to do that too. Look at yourself, listen to yourself, and watch yourself. How are you listening? Are you a good listener? Father, thank you for the ways that you do minister in our lives. And we thank you that uh, your word is the truth, ultimately, that you want us to base our lives on. And you want us to listen very, very well 
to your words and to follow them in obedience. And I thank you too for the women that you put in our lives. And that's why these mature, committed friendships are so important to us. To have someone or ones in our lives that we can really share with. That we can help them and they can help us. That we can become wiser still when we listen to good words of advice. Good words and good questions that challenge us. So thank you for these women. Thank you for the fact that they do have relationships and are building relationships in their lives that will really minister that kind of growth and learning. Help us to be good listeners. And thank you now for the opportunity to share in our groups. Help us to learn some of the things and talk about some of the things we've learned this week as we challenge each other and allow you to help us be a good listener. And this we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.